Welcome to Chasing Nichols with your host, Alan Schoenberger. Chasing Nichols is the podcast that helps business owners focus on actions that will have the greatest impact on their business. Now, here's your host, Alan Schoenberger. To the cloud. As business owners, we all have to deal with human resources and the many challenges that come with that, including things such as making sure that our leaders are working effectively in our organization, uh, that our employee experience is the best, and that we're doing everything we can to recruit and retain the best talent. So I'm so happy to have on the program today, Jackie Gurney. CEO of Seven Star HR. Jackie works with business owners on a number of areas in HR, including helping them hire and manage employees, uh, making sure the organization leaders have identified and resolved any compliance-related HR risks, and that they are building a positive corporate culture that allows the business owner and their employees to enjoy going to work. So Jackie, Welcome to the program, Chasing Nichols. So happy to have you here. Hey, thanks, Alan, for having me. All right, so we're going to get right into it. Um, what, what I'm really happy about today's topic is that uh, most of the topics for my program fall under one of four main areas that I try and work with business owners to, to maximize the value of their business, and those include HR, uh, organizational procedures, finance, and marketing. And today kind of crosses over into two uh, because I think uh, having written policies and procedures for the employees of a company uh, is important to maximize the value of it, but it also helps the employees know what their role is and isn't, what their responsibilities are, and just not only helps the organization run smoother, uh, but I think it also helps the employees operate in a more effective way. So this really covers both HR and uh, operations today. And so I'm going to the first question I'm going to ask you is, you know, the, an employee handbook is a great way to document many things about a business and. While they're not necessarily required by law, there are many things that are required of business owners in the realm of HR, and an employee handbook can help document whether that employer is meeting those requirements. Uh, so I know you're already going to say that an employee handbook is essential, uh, but I know there's a lot of templates out there. Uh, so maybe you can discuss, you know, the, the the pros and cons of using a templated handbook versus one that may be customized for an employer, and basically what an employee handbook can and can't do for you. Uh, so one of the things that I usually say, Alan, is that when you get your first employee you should start thinking about two things to protect yourself. One is a job description for that employee, and the other is an employee handbook, as you said, that outlines all of the policies uh, within that organization. 
And the reason it's protecting you is uh, we know occasionally, we hope not, that employees are litigious, right? So uh, they could go to DOL court and file a complaint about you. And if you go to defend yourself, one of the first things that DOL judges says is, give me the job description, give me your employee handbook. And if you don't have those two things, they are going to side on whatever the employee says is the rule and what their job is. So that's why I say it's protection to start. Now, should you use a template? You can. Uh, I'm not uh, totally against using a template. You know, something is always better than nothing. But if you're going to use an, a template, you want to make sure that you get your handbook approved by an attorney. That okay. way you will know that you are doing things within the law. And just to clarify, a labor and employment attorney. A labor and employment attorney. Yes. Yes. Not a real estate attorney, a right. labor and employment attorney. Absolutely. That's great. And, uh, you know, you also touched on uh, job descriptions in there. So that's great because that was actually going to be uh, one of my next questions. Uh, I guess talk about the importance of a job description, what it can and can't do. And Is it possible to be too detailed in a job description? Um, So let me answer the last thing first. Yes. Mm -hmm. Um, A job description, especially if you're a small business, you want to focus on the key accountabilities of the position. And I call those the five things that if someone did them well, you mm-hmm. forgive them for things they didn't do well. Okay. So if you have that weighted, ranked, that is probably the biggest key in, in your uh, job description. Um, you want to make sure that your job description doesn't come off looking like it's a contract between you and your um, right. Uh, employee as well. And uh, actually, um, on many places, you can find what I call a legal job description. Now, legal Mm -hmm. meaning it would have things in it like uh, that are going to protect you from um, being sued for discrimination. So that would be uh, what you have to be able to do here, feel, walk, talk, see any of those, what, how much you uh, might have to lift, what the, um, uh, what it might be for you, like uh, you're going to be in the cold if you're working in a freezer, uh, in a bakery or something. And, um, you know, if there are hazardous chemicals and those kind of things. So you just want to make sure that all of that is covered to protect you legally. And then again, uh, make sure I had one client 
who had in the job description and he this was a shipping person and takes out their trash well the gentleman uh went to court and saying it was discriminating against him because he was something i can't even remember what it was a nationality mm-hmm. because uh, they were asking him to take out the trash. Right. And um, it was clear in the job description he needed to take out, you know, not the garbage from the bathrooms, but the, sh- the garbage from the shipping area. Right, right, know. right. Uh, and then, you know, I think that the, the second piece of this is uh, having all this documentation is great. Uh, because not only will it help the business operate more efficiently while the business owner is running the business, but obviously when it comes time to exit and potentially sell to an outside party, they're going to look more favorably on a company that has documented policies and procedures. And I will tell you, I often see many companies don't have any documented policies and procedures. That's the number one issue I see in that. But the second one I see is they have those policies and procedures, but they haven't been updated in a really long time. So they had zero reflection on reality and what's going on in the company, right? So, uh, you know, obviously these documents are not static documents. They need to be revisited from time to time. Uh, any recommendations once a year as needed? What would uh, you say? It should be, unless there's some major law change, right? which you need to keep track of, Um it should be looked at at least once a year and updated. Uh, and again, if you don't aren't familiar with the laws and the changing laws, then again, to get your attorney, your labor right. attorney to review them. This is not a, uh, this is, all of these policies relate to employees, not how to change the, um, toner in the copy machine you know right. it's all related to employee policies and uh it's it's really important for you to do this and get started right away with something right about how many days off they're going to get how you know what what is the pay policy you know how often are you going to pay Simple things. Sure. And, and do you see companies kind of uh, defaulting to whatever is the norm in their industry, or do they kind of look at or what the specific needs of their employee base is? Well, what they should in this day and age is look at what the needs are of their employees, because if you want to retain employees, you need to be thinking about what the employees need and want. Uh, Some people just document what they have been doing and don't think about that, which is not really my recommendation. You know, think about what it is that will help you retain employees as well. I agree. And you need to, and I would, I would say, Similarly, is to check in with your employees on a regular basis, whether it's once a year, to make sure that whatever existing policies and procedures you have and job descriptions you have, that they're in agreement and get their input if they're not. And generally, you can do that. I mean, I suggest a minimum 
uh, of reviewing your employees, sitting down with them and kind of going through uh, how they're doing a minimum of once a year. And that's a good time, Alan, to say, let's take a look at your job description and see are there major changes uh, that are have been made so that we can keep that up to date. Right, right. And you know what, while we're on the topic of job descriptions, let's talk about uh, posting those job descriptions, or maybe not, you know, I mean, there's tons of job sites out there, like Indeed is probably the 800 pound gorilla in the room. I, what's, is there any best practices Hire you know to to post on those sites or or elsewhere, and does that depend upon the industry that that person's in? So interesting that you said job descriptions because actually a job description is not a job ad. A job okay. description has soup to nuts, everything about the job and all those things that we've talked about already. Right. A job ad is a marketing piece that should help you sell your company and that job to potentials. It's much shorter. It's got to be shorter because now 70% of people are hiring, uh, I mean, filling out applications on their cell phone. So if it goes on and on and on, we know what happens, right? right? People go, ah, forget this. And, and move on. Uh, so there's some very key things that you should have in, in your uh, ad. Uh, one, you should have all of the good things about working at the company, your culture and, and maybe the type of clients that you have or, you know, whatever can be looked at as really great because you are it is a marketing piece you are trying to sell. Uh, I recommend uh, that you put the salary range. Now, there's a new law as yes. of November with the salary range. Uh, new York, that's New York City, New York State. Um, the uh, Senate and the House have already passed it, and it's right. on Governor Hochul's desk. I think she was waiting to sign it to see if she had been uh, uh, reelected. So it will be signed now and that will be the law for all of New York state. But your recommendation would be, even if it's not necessarily the law in someone's locality, that it's probably a best practice to put a salary range. It is. And interestingly enough, if you decide not to do it, or if you decide right now before it's the law, or if you're not in New York, um, and you use Indeed, Indeed mm-hmm. has decided it's a best practice, and based on your ad, they will put a salary range in. Interesting, for you, interesting. Uh, whether you like it or not, so right. you want to make sure you keep control and Agreed. put yes. your own range in. Agreed. That's 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 great. Uh, great to know. Uh, and I guess, you know, the last couple of questions, uh, there's so many, you know, you talked about the laws in New York state, there's so many laws and regulations out there that all businesses have to, to deal with, whether it's at the federal level or the state and local level. Uh, you know, most of the people that are listening to this uh, podcast are, are smaller business owners. Is there any HR laws that might be specific 
or have more of an effect on those smaller companies than say, you know, the larger Fortune 500 and, and publicly held companies that are out there? Yeah, there are laws that start as low as four. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, in New York State, anti-harassment training on an annual basis starts with one employee. So you want to make sure that you understand what the laws are for your size. And as you grow, they change, obviously, and they get more and more. Uh, We use something uh, called an HRMRI, different sizes of them for different uh, employees, number of employees, because that way it'll give you the background. So that's something they can contact you about, Alan, and get it at no charge. Great. Uh, And then uh, as far as, you know, business owners not trying to do everything themselves and bringing in the experts, is there an ideal size when maybe it's time to either start thinking about outsourcing a part-time HR versus bringing somebody in as a full-time? I, I know that's that's a broad question and it may depend on the industry, but is there any particular size that you normally see? Okay, I hit five employees. Maybe it's time to do a, a part-time HR uh, outsourced person and I hit, I'm making this up, 100 employees is is the optimal to bring in somebody in-house full-time. Okay. So let me go to the optimal full-time. Should be, right. according to the Society for Human Resources Management, mm-hmm. around 120 employees. You probably need a full-time uh, person to manage all of the different aspects, and there are right. many. Um, but if you take that uh, and go down from there, that means probably you should have somebody one day a week if you have around 25 to 35 okay. employees, a fractional person, and so on and so forth. It, it does depend. I know we have people that will bring us on for three hours a month mm-hmm. um, and that are very small, but they happen to hate doing uh, the HR piece, or they might um, have a lot of turnover and want uh, somebody else to onboard them. So everyone's different, but you can get packages as low as three hours a month um, from us, and I assume from other people as as well. Right. And I think another thing people may not realize is, you know, because HR is so broad, right? So is it realistic to be able to find what I would call an HR generalist, or do you really have to find specialists almost the same way you would as, you know, with a doctor or a lawyer where maybe one HR person only deals with compliance, another with managing and hiring employees and so forth? Well, the two big, the big split is just what you said. The the generalists and the laws and regulations and maybe employee relations and training, and that can all go together. When you start getting into hiring, mm-hmm. uh, there is specialization to get people that will do hiring for you. And I mean, non-recruiters, people that will do that and not charge you an arm and a leg. Because right now, 
recruiters are charging like 30 to 35% now in this new day and age uh, of an annual salary. And that's really kind of outrageous for a small uh, business to afford. So what you're saying is there are uh, those out there that would do it as as a flat fee almost, right? Or maybe on an hourly basis or or something like that. Out buying hours or something like that. Yeah, absolutely. So don't feel you're going to hire someone and have them be the uh, be all and end all for every single thing. There are going to be certain things that certain people you might need some specialists on uh, payroll. Um, I've seen uh, somebody that's managing all of the, if you're a little bigger, uh, and have 50 employees, the um, ACA or Obamacare uh, regulations and okay. rules. So some of those are specialists, but the big one I see is the general HR compliance, et cetera, okay. and, and maybe even um, uh, culture changes, and then the hiring. I know okay. in our company, we have two separate uh, pieces and um, never the tween shell. Right. You know, (laughs) hiring people love to hire. Hiring is a 24-hour, seven-day-a-week job. And you've got to have the kind of person that really wants to do that if you really want to find someone. Well, it all goes down to right people and right seats, right? Absolutely. All right. I, I think we're going to leave it there. I know we just threw a, a bit much at our audience. So I, I always like to leave them with one kind of takeaway. And so for me, it would be, uh, you know, if you're looking to kind of improve or get your HR house in order, I would say to our audience, start with that employee handbook. If you don't have one, get one. And if you do have one, maybe it's time to revisit it and make sure that it reflects the reality of your organization. So I don't know if you have anything that you might want to add to it. My, my one thing is if you're concerned about the laws and regulations ever changing, right. do the HRMRI, contact you, get okay. one and do it. That way you'll totally know where you are and won't have It'll give you some peace of mind. Perfect. Uh, and as always, for our listeners, if they want to reach out to me or Jackie, her contact information will be on the Chasing Nichols uh, website, which is chasingnicholspodcast.com. Jackie Gurney, CEO of Seven Star HR. Thank you for being here today. You are so welcome. Take care. Take care. The information contained in this podcast is for general information and educational purposes only. It is not intended as a substitute for legal, commercial, and or financial advice from a licensed professional review. 